In this episode, I'll be talking with Carla Baukmuller of The Intuitive Writer. She is a, a licensed trainer of the German Federation at the highest level. Uh, she's a centered writing instructor and a yoga teacher. I really enjoyed talking with Carla. She exudes joy and it is quite contagious. We'll talk about finding magical moments with your horse and in life. Uh, and we'll talk about the power of breath work and mastering our emotions and how all of this affects our riding. I think you're going to love this episode. So here we go. Episode 44. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. All right. Well, we are here with uh, Carla Baukmuller of The Intuitive Rider, uh, where she helps people ride better, feel safer, and connect deeper. So welcome, Carla. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to um, let you sit there while I read some of your credentials, because <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Uh, Carla is a licensed trainer, level A of the German National Federation, highest trainer level in Germany. She is a centered riding instructor, level three, licensed by Sally Swift since 1994. Uh, in India, she is professionally qualified as a yoga teacher focused on physical and mental awareness and has more than 20 years experience in instructing horses and riders of all levels. So that is quite a powerful combination of experience. Uh, how did you get to be doing what you do now? What, what was the journey? Yeah, the journey really started as a kid when I started learning on lesson horses in German horse riding schools. And, um, and I actually, before this podcast, I had some memories come up of that time and, uh, me really riding these lesson horses. And when I was a beginner, we, or the beginners wrote in the first lesson of the evening and, the the more advanced people sometimes wrote the same horses in the lesson after. And when I saw the, the same horses that I had struggled with getting to move forward, uh, doing what I wanted to wanted to do, or they had bucked me off or whatever. <laughs> and I saw them under the more advanced riders, they were suddenly changed, right? These horses suddenly started moving forward and did what the riders wanted to do. It looked like they were different horses. And I think I, as a teenager, as a kid, it dawned on me that there's a lot that the rider has to bring to the table. It's not just about the horses and what they can do. Even these, these older lesson horses suddenly looked like fancy horses when they were ridden well, right? So I think that's where my journey actually began. And so I was really started to working a lot on myself and went through like, how do I change my posture? How does that affect the horse and all of that? And when I started teaching, 
I felt like, okay, this is a fascinating topic, really looking at the person, not just physically, but also mentally, emotionally. What do we have to bring to the table as writers? And how does that affect the horses? And yeah, and then I went through all these different trainings and certifications because I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always mm -hmm. curious and I'm looking for solutions. So that's how that all happened. <laughs> yeah, really, really cool. So how... Um... Well, in the intuitive writer, you say the idea behind it uh, is to find mental and physical alignment of the rider and the horse and that harmony and joy find their expression in the style of riding. I love that. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. So how do you combine all of that in practice, like in, in practical, when you have a person in front of you, how do you find yourself combining your knowledges? Yeah, I do a lot of unmounted work with people in group sessions, sometimes in person or online where I have smaller groups of people and I lead them through exercises and that can be physical exercises where I show them whatever a certain shoulder position or a way of breathing or a way of feeling their hip joints and finding where all these body parts that they're, they're supposed to work together. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's one part of it, but sometimes we can also go into the more mental side. How can I stay focused with a gentle focus? How can I make sure that I don't beat myself up all the time because I'm doubting myself. And I always find, you know, that I always find that. <laughs> Yeah, it does, right? I know that feeling well. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, you know, it's that it's really the mental game, the frustration of this, and it kind of, kind of comes up in the sessions, anyways. But I'm sometimes really addressing them very specifically, where we really have sessions where I just address how do you get more joy into your right. Right. What do you, what do you do? How do you overcome self-doubt? Like really the emotional and mental side of things there as well. I love that because it's so, it's so real. I mean, there is a direct relationship between my mood and how the rides go <laughs> with my horses. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm really aware of that and, you know, through life, you know, you try to accumulate some skills and to know, I try to know myself and to be able to know what's going on, but it's really cool to feel like there's, um, like you said, some really specific ways of addressing things like doubt and frustration and seeing how it affects, affects the writers. Really interesting. Yeah. It's, I, I sometimes think that self-doubt is one of the biggest obstacles in at least my clientele, which is usually women over 40 with their own horses. And, you know, they, they really like us, we really t tend to doubt what we are doing and, and then get frustrated with ourselves rather than with the horses, right? All of my clients always want to be the best for their horses, but then they feel they are not the best person they could be for their horses. And then they, they feel guilty and really like doubting whatever they are doing. They feel they are harming their horses and it's kind of sad, right? Because um, we want to enjoy this being this time with the horses and being with them and enjoy the connection. And, and when we are in that self doubt, then we are really pulling back and holding back. And one mm. of, one of these examples is that I, for some of the sessions that we do, I have people send in, videos that's an online session where i have uh, people that are in the program they send in videos and then we watch the videos together and it's really supportive like everybody supports each other and uh, really encouraging go like see how you did already you did this right you did that right so everybody's super encouraging 
unless it comes to their own video. When people then see their own video, <laughs> they, they go like, oh my God, what did I do? Look at this. This is horrible. What am I doing to my poor horse? Right. And I really tell them, see, look at yourself as if you were looking at a video from a friend where you want to give some well-meaning, nice and supportive advice. Mm -hmm. And now let's go again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> let's look at the video again. And what would you say? What would you tell that friend? And yeah. then people really shift, right? They go like, ah, oh, okay, I have to be more, become more observational. I have to see what's happening without already judging everything that, that I do. Yeah, that's so huge. And I have a line that if I have a student that starts uh, talking badly about themselves, I'll stop and I go, don't talk, don't talk about my student like that. <laughs> mm, you know, because for the yes. same reason, it jars them into seeing themselves as, you know, a person that they would never talk to another person like that. Yeah, yeah. I think humans have this, this lovely ability to stack emotions, right? We we're having trouble with something and then we feel um, frustrated and then we feel mad at ourselves for feeling frustrated and that we're embarrassed that we're frustrated that we got mad that we, you know, pretty soon yes. we're like stacked with all these emotions. So yeah, I think sometimes it's about um, finding the first moment of it and recognizing it. So I love that you're able to bring awareness to that and to create an environment where um, people get to experience feeling support from each other. Because I think sometimes also people are um, imagining that that's what other people are thinking about them. And uh, so I love that you're, you're um, providing this, this circumstance where people can get really good positive feedback from others. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really beautiful to watch, right? When sometimes we watch a little video and um, then I just say to everybody, like, what's your first impression? And let's really go for the things that are already working, right? So, and, and then I, we, we share and people say, so this is already working and this is good. And even if it's in that whatever <clears throat> five minute video, if it's just like three seconds of something working, we've got something to get started with, right? So it means the writer actually can do it. Maybe they cannot hold it yet. They cannot hold mm -hmm. it for five minutes, but they, their body and their system knows how to do it. So let's grab these three seconds that we had where it was actually working. And it's, that's, that's kind cool. of fun too, because then you feel you can expand from these moments where it is actually working. Yeah, really cool. Um, you have, I've uh, been looking at all the different sort of offers, you know, courses and ways that you help people. And I saw you have one, the intuitive rider, and you say the seven biggest blocks that cut off the connection with your horse. And all of them really are, well, not all of them, but um, they are very emotional based, right? Mm -hmm. So I can see you're really focusing on, you know, lack of patience, boredom, misunderstandings, anxiety, and self-doubt, as you said. And then, you know, lack of subtleness. So legs, legs moving, hand, body parts moving. So how do you, um, I guess everybody's different, but how do you approach like when you see the physical and the emotional? Do you have a, a way of like, which do you go to first? Or is it really different with every person? Or how do you work with those two? Yeah, I always find that the physical and emotional and mental really go hand in hand. 
And um, usually, at least in these courses, what I do is that I lead people through certain exercises. And that could, for instance, be a breathing exercise. And that breathing exercise works on the person in the emotional sense, in, sorry, in the physical sense, mm -hmm. right? When you're breathing a certain way, you feel your body a little bit more and you can open your ribcage in a different way. You feel your seat bones better. You can connect to the horse better from your body. But then it also works on the emotional side. When I'm holding my breath, we all know that one, right? When we're <laughs> holding our breath, then that's connected to anxiety and that becomes a vicious cycle really easily. So it's also about like, how can you use things like breathing to work on the emotional side? So it's the emotional and mental and physical where they really interconnect as well. And then we do exercise and really feel into the different positions, like one of the the exercises where I have people really breathe into the chest and I really feel how that's tensing everything up, not just physically, but also emotionally. And that's more the <gasps> anxious kind of <laughs> breathing, right? It's that yeah. obviously affects the horse as well, right? So then we can also compare that, like what's going to happen to your horse when you're on your horse and you see the, the truck coming around the corner and you go, <gasps> right, your horse is going to do the same, right? right? So everybody is in this kind of breathing and it's, it affects you physically because then you start bracing, your center of gravity comes up, so you're actually less safe in the saddle because you are not as connected anymore and you're anxious and your mental game starts going like, oh, I'm going to come off, blah, blah, blah. And then really being able to turn that around, start belly breathing. Then we do this exercise where people really feel belly and other you know, breathing exercises where they can bring the center of gravity down on purpose. Right? Really, you see the truck coming and your first mm -hmm. instinct is, <gasps> but then you understand <laughs> and learn how to turn that around and use it in a physical way first, but that creates the emotional response as well. Mm. That's cool because I was gonna I was gonna ask you, you know, if a tip for people out there, you know, things don't feel right with their how they're riding their horse. Like, how do they know whether to you know is it an emotional or is it physical? Like, where to start? But I think, like from what you just said, the breathing is kind of the beautiful thing about breath work is it really connects the two. So. I don't know, is that is would that be safe to say if, if you're not sure where to start, maybe start with breathing? You know, is that Yeah, I think breathing is always a fascinating thing because it is so between the subconscious and the conscious, right? We can really affect things there. And sometimes things are also like really a little bit more like really just emotional. Right where you where you have for the the frustration and anger part, for instance, right? That's mm -hmm. really more the emotional side, and then it really makes sense to look at like really the emotion, and then yes, the physical side might come in as well. But really go like, okay, why am I so easily frustrated? Why am I having so much doubts about what I can do? Where is the perfectionist in me that oftentimes comes in with this, right? And then we can even travel back. And on some of my programs, I do that with people as well, where we, where we use techniques, where we actually kind of mentally travel back in our lives and go like, where did that come? Where does that come from? Right? Where did I, when did I start doubting myself? How mm -hmm. old was I? Right? What were the situations oh, wow. where I started doubting myself? And what was the connection to my teachers or my parents? And what are the belief systems that I started developing throughout my life? 
And then obviously that shows in our relationship to horses and the horses mirror that back to us, right? We might mm -hmm. kind of get along with our perfectionism and other things, but when, when we work with horses, uh, perfectionism is not such a great thing to hold on to, right? <laughs> so really, yeah. really starting to understand yourself better. And it's kind of fascinating when you start understanding yourself better and where things are coming from and you get like a more global vision of yourself, not just physically, but also emotionally you just know who you are i think that's that's mm. just a great journey to take wow i mean this is it's really cool to hear you talk about this because you can see you're not you know you're really stepping back and seeing the details but also not only the whole picture but you know the the depth <laughs> you know kind of traveling mm. back in time that's really powerful stuff yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm trained in regression techniques as well. Okay. I do not often mention that because yeah. for some people, at least I, when I started doing it, that was really like woo woo and whatever, yeah. you know, uh, but it's, I think it's, uh, you know, it comes out more and more anyways. And, and we're not like really going into real regression sessions when I work with groups, but it's a, at least a similar concept, right? We go mm -hmm. a bit into a meditative state and like really fall back in time and to really try to really feel into the situations that shaped us, right? No, the, I, the I think that's, the... okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, the, like the smaller and bigger traumas that we might have had through our lives or sometimes just incidents that really shaped us. No, that's really powerful because, you know, the, I don't, personal development and horsemanship is, inseparable to me. <laughs> so my horsemanship is better as I work on myself. And, you know, I think this is just true of the human condition is, you know, we hang on to traumas. I mean, I think we have to be really active in our lives to um, not do that. And I think no matter what we think, whether we believe woo woo stuff or not, it's happening. And especially mm -hmm. in times of challenge, we go back to old patterns that were formed so long ago. So I think it's really, it's really cool that you're able to, you know, you're trained in this and you're able to see that because I think it is happening a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, a couple of things, oh, people say like, what, you know, what do I get out of this when I look back into my past and I, I have, maybe I already know a couple of things, but do I really have to go and look at the painful stuff again? And uh, you know, the painful stuff is there and it will just keep boiling in the background and it will affect you if you if you look at it or not. Right. And usually the dragons that we don't look at, they are much more scary than the ones that we actually look at yeah. and to start fighting or start overcoming. I, I totally agree. It's what's the line, uh, what you resist persists. So. Yeah, one of the, the most valuable things I feel like I can do is to kind of step outside myself and go, oh, look, look at me, you know, I'm having an emotional reaction or, you know, that's my little game with myself is to name it, you know, whenever I'm feeling something, you know, just name it and then and then let myself look at it and, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> and that's just my yeah, amateur the, this... version of it. Yeah, but it's the self-observation piece, right? Mm -hmm. It's what we talked about earlier. When you can, when you're able to take that step back and look at yourself, not just me as a trainer or instructor, but every person learns to take that step back and look at their themselves from that physical perspective, but also emotional, mental perspective in that just observational way where you go like, yeah, that you were saying, right? Oh yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I've been doing this again without 
you know, beating yourself up for it. You just go, mm-hmm. looking, oh, maybe there's a different way of doing this. Why don't I just play with a different way and see if it maybe gives me other results? And I think that's, that's how it becomes a fascinating journey. And it's just, it keeps us moving as humans, right? We just, mm-hmm. we, I mean, I love to just keep evolving. And I think the horses are really asking for that as well. When we don't, when we just lean back and we just keep doing our old stuff or when we get trapped in these emotions, that's not good for them. So they can be a really strong motivator. And that's actually what I see with my clients. They might not do all this work for themselves, but they (laughs) do it because they feel that their horses are better off, right? (laughs) So, you know, they start doing whatever strength training or something uh, because it makes them a better rider. And they might look at their emotions more because they know their horse will be better off when they are clearer and more open and, and less closed and all of that. (laughs) <laughs> we humans are so funny. <laughs> um, there's one piece because um, you you talk a lot about the, you know, the self-doubt and the perfectionism. So I think it's a really interesting um, play between not, not letting perfectionism uh, have a negative effect, but on the other hand, keeping a high standard. So this, you know, self-doubt perfectionism, how do we um, navigate through that, but, but without saying, oh, you know, I don't care how, you know, how do we keep high standards and have excellent results without letting that perfectionism creep in? How, how, how <laughs> share some wisdom around that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a really good point because I definitely want that as well. The, the beautiful moments and having more and more of the beautiful moments and like really I'm, I'm ready. I'm personally really ready to work really hard on myself to, to get more and more of that beauty and perfection at one stage, right? As close as mm-hmm. we can come to perfection. Definitely, especially as dressage riders, I think more than in, in anything else yeah. probably. It's like, you know, can you get this movement a little smoother? Can you get this connection to your horse even better, right? So it's definitely big, big, big driving force um, for me and also for my clients because that's the that's what I'm talking to in my clients as well. Um, so yes, definitely that this, the wanting for more, wanting for the beauty, wanting for the expression, all of that. I have a really, what I find a really, really cool idea about this is when you look at the things that are already working, like these three seconds that I talked earlier about, right? You've got like a five minute video, there are three seconds where things really work. Things came together. You've suddenly feel yourself. You suddenly feel a connection to your horse. You suddenly feel that you got your body parts in the right place in all of this. I call these the magical moments. And when you take a moment to really feel into these magical moments and celebrate them and feel the joy that that creates, right? You've got this moment and everything inside of you goes like, oh, that's so beautiful, right? So it's kind of a, I feel it like a wave of joy that goes through my heart and goes through my being. And I feel that the horses pick up on that as well, where they also go like, ah, oh, that feels good. That feels connected. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when you go for this, these big moments of joy, these magical moments, and you build them more and more and more, then the joy becomes an antidote to the perfectionism, 
but you're mm. still striving to get more of more, more of these beautiful moments. So you're still striving for the beauty, but the perfectionism is not in the way because the joy that you're feeling and finding is, is your motivator. I love that. The joy is the antidote to the perfectionism. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I, I feel like, you know, that celebration is so important on so many levels because it marks the moment. It The, the horses, I think, are living to feel us go, oh, you know, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So, you know, we start breathing when we celebrate that. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's so fascinating to me and uh, people do a lot and I love positive reinforcement and <laughs> praising the horses and, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the biggest and most important pieces in horse training. But sometimes we forget that these little moments or not so little, but these mm -mm. joy moments that that's actually a reward for our horses. Yeah. And I can feel how the horses are really picking up on this, just this little, oh, that was good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can express this through our voice. We can, you know, good boy or nice or well done or something. And that can mm -hmm. encourage us and the horses. But sometimes we don't even have to. When we do these move, movements, and again, especially in dressage, when you've got the moment, we go like, wow, that was really a beautiful moment. Then you don't really have the time to, you know, whatever, pet them or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you just go like in, internally, go, ah, beautiful, let's keep moving, yes. right? We're still in the movement. And the, the horses so start connecting to, to that as well, which took me quite a while to understand. But it's, I can feel it when I ride, I don't have to be as loud anymore. With some horses, I'm loud. I go like, yes, you can do this. And yeah, yeah we're doing it, right? <laughs> yeah. But with some horses, I can be very quiet. It's yeah. just this, ooh, this joy. And I feel the horse picking up on it. And then we, we have um, more energy, basically, to move on, to mm -hmm. kind of float on <laughs> onwards. Oh, I love that. And I think it is important with dressage because... With dressage, it, there's, it always could be better, right? <laughs> with jumping, yeah. it's like, you made it over the jump. Yes. But with dressage, you can do something excellent and it could always, you know, be better. So it's so, I think it's so important to focus on the, the joy and to let yourself feel it and, and enjoy the, because that's really what it's about. If it feels harmonious, it's harmonious. And that really mm -hmm. is, to me, that's the goal is you, you and your horse are sharing something together. Um, yeah, maybe even a little yeah, bit most, more important yeah. than the exact angle of your shoulder in, in that moment. Cause if you have joy, then you can always yeah. go tweak the angle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, most of my, um, cl uh, clients are not necessarily dressage riders, right? But, um, but they want this, the fine tuned connection with the horses, right? And then, then it doesn't really matter what type of saddle, what type of equipment, what type mm -hmm. of horse, what type of um, um, discipline you're riding in, right? But in dressage, I just find it's, it's, even, it's, it's even more subtle sometimes when you, when you work on these things. But you can have these moments on trail rides, obviously, as well, yeah. right? When, you, yeah. when you're on, on your horse and you suddenly start, they feel they are really balancing themselves well, or you want to go for a faster gallop and then you really feel how they're expressing themselves so there's so many ways but yeah the subtle i i just love the subtleties and i mm -hmm. think that's where the dressage part comes in but um there are lots of ways to fa find subtleties in riding obviously love that so there's um one thing i wanted to circle back on when we were talking about um 
breath work and the power of breath work. And you mentioned how breath work is really the connection between the conscious and unconscious. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about that, because this is such a fascinating subject for me. And, um, and I, you know, I, I think breath work is so important, but I, that, that play between the conscious and subconscious around breath work. So yeah, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, I've always been really fascinated by that too. And that comes in through yoga teacher training as well, because obviously in yoga, there is a lot of breath work that you do, like pranayama is really all about different ways of breathing. And the idea behind that is really that lots of things in our bodies just happen sub and unconsciously, right? Like the digestion, heartbeat, etc. So usually things that we cannot even influence a lot, except if we are really good yogis, right? <laughs> then you can even influence that. <laughs> but uh, you can usually you cannot really do consciously so much about it. But breathing is a very easy access because everybody can just even just hold their breath for a moment. And that means we've we've influenced something consciously that would usually just move on in our body. So that is a really fantastic entryway into our system, into connecting to our bodies and, and really feeling ourselves. And um, the way I usually teach it is really just a few very simple breathing exercises at first, just the difference between like chest breathing and belly breathing, and then it can get really complex. Right. So and I've always I keep things really simple so that people can really follow it. And you can but you can do beautiful things, right? You can like really feel your torso and different tensions, positive tension in your body that you can build up if you need it for the communication with your horse and your position. You can use it if you want more energy in your horse or if you want to calm the energy down, like the quickness of your breath the way you are exhaling, the way you're inhaling. There's so many different fascinating things to do and, and also getting a rhythm into the whole thing because mm -hmm. rhythm is such an important thing in writing anyways and breathing is all about rhythm too, right? So mm -hmm. that's, that's where we can really tap into these, let's say, like the deep knowledge inside of your body that you pull out through that and then find the connection to yourself and through that to your horse. And the horses obviously breathe or don't breathe as well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I always, I always say like sometimes uh, I had actually, I had a um, clinic the other day and then I said, you know, let's do some breathing exercise. I didn't set that to the rider, like take some longer exhalations because she was a little tense. I said, you know, I want you to like start letting go. And I want your horse to start breathing again as well, because she is holding her breath. <laughs> and my rider said like, how do you know she's holding her breath? <laughs> right? uh... And like, like two steps later, the horse went like, yeah. <laughs> right? So the horse started exhaling. <laughs> And That's um, awesome. took that really long, long exhale and said, see, this was what the horse was holding back. You could yeah. literally like feel and see it in the horse that they, she was, the, the horse was holding her breath and <laughs> didn't really breathe through. Yeah. And the moment the rider started breathing, the horse started breathing too. And so it's also this beautiful connection, no mind connection between rider and horse that can happen through the breathing. So 
it's it's really cool and it's instant like when i start yeah. breathing exercises with my people i've got like in 90 of cases i have a an instant reaction of the horses as well you know that's so interesting because i have I, you know i i am aware of this and sometimes i'll feel my horse like i feel like oh they're about to snort but they're not and i'll go around going you know like <laughs> try that it's not very sophisticated but i have uh, one of my <laughs> one of my horses tends to be um like she holds and then releases energy. That's just kind of how she is with everything. And uh, often um, when I first ride her, she'll like she's holding her breath and then her first snorts are like really explosive and like almost like a coughing snort. And then she gets that out and then she's um, more normal. Uh, but I bet you there's a breathe. If I thought of breathing exercises when I first get on her, in a little bit more instead of me just snorting you know imitating the snort yeah. um you know i should now that you're talking about this i really feel like i should be doing some sort of breath work when i just first get on her and start to walk i'm i'm wonder that would be a really fun experiment yes yeah what, that's what kind cool of breath work would you recommend too. sorry i talked right um, no no good we're both I so excited you know, the small <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, I love your idea of the snorting, actually, right? Because it that releases as well. And what it mm -hmm. also does, like you snorting, right? So, yeah. so because what it does, it also engages the diaphragm. And the diaphragm is even connected to our psoas muscles, so it's a really deep core muscle. So we even have a physical connection there as well, where your horse probably, like if she released her diaphragm a little mm -hmm. earlier, that would probably really help her too. So, but I, I like the idea of snorting because um, sometimes you can just really do certain things that you want your horse to mirror, right? Like okay. in other exercise that we do with the horses as well, you do something. And I actually, I had clients who actually yawned with their horses when they wanted the horses to relax. They did like yeah. an exaggerated yawn, like a couple of times to get the horses to yawn. And that always worked. Yeah. So that's a fascinating way of doing it. Um, I think I would probably just go with a few really long exhalations, like really exhale, uh, really belly breathing and then exhaling. And I always feel it as if I was exhaling into the horse, mm. right? So that gets the horse the idea that she can, she can exhale too. And exhalation usually is connected to relaxation. Right. Mm -hmm. So especially when you take like long exhalations, then that usually goes goes with relaxation. Because inhaling is what we'll do anyways. Right. Or we'll yeah. turn blue <laughs> and fall off our chairs. <laughs> right. So inhaling is what we'll do anyways. But the exhaling is also release of, of body tension. And yeah, you can. I, I would play with that. We I like can't wait for tomorrow and go. I'm going to play with that. You know, it's funny. I never thought more. Uh, deeper than just you know snorting <laughs> so i'm really excited i'll let you know how that goes next time i ride her because uh i think that's going to be a nice um uh just kind of practice to do regularly with her is just think about that because i'm not thinking about it until i feel mm. her getting ready you know imminently snorting so i need to think about that sooner all right cool um yeah. one you know it's uh back when you were talking about the joy and feeling the harmony, it, it kind of reminded me of something I saw uh, in one of the courses that you have. You have a course called Energetic Oneness. 
And I'm, you know, the more I talk to you, the more I'm, I'm getting a picture of what you're meaning by, by that. But um, yeah, t t talk a little bit about this energetic oneness and, and how you actually can teach people how to do that. Cause that's, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm in love with that title, too, because that's that's what we want, right? We want mm -hmm. this connection, not just physical, but also like that emotional connection and energetic connection. And um, basically what I mean by that is that you feel into your own energy and you connect from to your horse from that energy. So a simple thing that I think we all know how to do is how to like really connect heart to heart, right? Where just, you know, you might just be standing next to your horse and you're just really relaxed and your horse really just wants to be with you. And they are, there's just this sweetness that comes with this mm. where we just feel we're just connecting heart to heart. So people would probably not call it that way necessary, necessarily, but it's this feeling of there is this flow between the two beings and the love basically that we have, right? So, so this is something that we are usually, that we know how to do and we do it all the time but we do not necessarily do it consciously again, right? We don't really work with that kind of energy and it's really an mm -hmm. energy that you can bring in more, that you can work with. So for instance, to, through the magical moments, that's one of these where you this is so heart opening and so connecting. So you're really working with the energies of the heart center, basically similar to the chakras, right? So mm -hmm. the heart center, the opening here, and that is something that I make more conscious again, and I get people to feel into it and make it repeatable and usable. Mm -hmm. Right. So that you have more and more of this and that. But that also means that we have to find out what keeps you from feeling that. Right. So what keeps you from because we all know it feels amazing to be open and connected and soft, not, not just with the horses, but with other beings, with other humans as well. We know how beautiful it feels. But then what keeps us from doing that? And that's always the mm. question that I ask. And that's where we come back to the regression part. Right. So why am I holding back? Is it maybe the perfectionist or the self-doubt that I go, does my horse really want to connect with me? Uh, how am I feeling today? Maybe I had a really bad day or, or you know, I've got like, some memories come up and that creates the closing. And, and then being aware of that and feeling into that, overcoming these obstacles and then using your energy more consciously and the mm -hmm. heart center is one example for that the other one is the the belly the lower chakras where it's more about grounding centeredness setting clear boundaries and finding the connection of the two because with horses we need both we yeah. want this openness and softness but we also need to be grounded and centered and really feel our our like everything pelvis and under right yeah. we need to be really aware and conscious of these parts of ourselves the energetic parts that come with that as well mm. so I, so that's love, uh, like in, that's in short that's, that's basically it you know? <laughs> that's big stuff yeah and, and i love that you reminded that you know this feeling of this openness it isn't it is the natural state and that we're we put stuff on that actually holds that back I remember often when I get massages, the massage therapist at the end would be like, you're, do you know you're smiling? <laughs> like when I get relaxed, it just like, 
you know, the, the, the joy is there if we get rid of what's holding it back. So I just, I love how you talk about all that. Really cool. Um, all right. You're obviously very passionate about what you do. If you could, if you could give the world a message, maybe, maybe just the horse world, but I don't know, it could be for the whole world. Like, um, what's something you want everyone to know? Have more joy. I think that's the biggest one. (laughs) Have more joy and more magical moments. Like really look for those in your life as well. I think it's really Mm -hmm. as straightforward as that. When you go through your life and your day, like look at, at the magical moments. And that doesn't have to be these huge moments where I'm watching a sunset at the ocean or something. It can be small things. It can be the like a nice breakfast that you had or an, a, a, a flower outside or whatever, mm-hmm. something that just, where you just feel that makes you happy and that brings that joy and looking, looking more for those, like really seeing them more, enjoying them more and allow, allowing that to be in your system, right? Mm-hmm. Respond with that joy throughout your system. That's, I think that's, that's not just true for horse people. I think that's what yeah. everybody do have more of yeah yeah that's beautiful just practice noticing what's the joy that is that is right here a lot of times it's right here for us to notice and experience yeah yeah sometimes i have people write two magical moments down at night before they go Mm. to bed because when you have to really sit down at night and think about two magical moments and you go like oh this was really a up day right <laughs> so <laughs> so it was really this day was here's all the evidence of why it was yeah. <laughs> instead right so it's like oh my god right it was really horrible but then you go like okay so where was their magical moment right you might even not feel like looking for them but then you go like you know when i went out of the house this morning and the neighbor's cat just came to rub against my leg and i felt that that was really kind of cute and i enjoyed that moment with that neighbor's cat you know, it's just uh, maybe that's your magical moment of the day, right? And but then you still you have to look back at what happened throughout the day and start looking for these little things that were still joyful, no matter how awful that day was. Other than them, love it. I feel happier just talking to you. <laughs> your your joy is spreading through the even through the internet's here. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well. Um, Carla, so you do have lots of ways for people to work with you and you have a free rider assessment I saw. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what's involved in that and how, how people can find you. Yeah. So the very first step to find me probably is if you go to my website and uh, take my quiz, I've got a quiz on the website that's called, um, where am I on my journey as a rider? Mm. Right. And so you can take that. It's just a really fun two minute quiz, like, but it gives you an idea of where are you with these, all the things that we talked about, physical, emotional, mental, and then you get free video training from me and some tips. And that would be the first way to get in touch with me. And then, yes, I offer free writer assessment. So that means that you can, and we can do it very informal and you can just send me a a photo of yourself where you're sitting on your horse or even on a chair 
or just you know just a selfie in front of the mirror where you're just standing in front of the mirror and I can give you and if you are not happy jumping onto a zoom call with me I can just email you a tip on what to improve in the posture, right? So, so just um, little things like whatever, where your pelvis position is, which can make a huge difference, right? I've been doing that for 30 years and I sometimes see that there is this one little postural change wow. that makes a huge difference. So that would be the first step and you can just email me or schedule one of these sessions. If you're really up for like a real good, nice and thorough right assessment session, you can also sign up on my website for that. But yes. there are lots of steps in between. So if you feel not ready for that yet, send me a photo, email it to me. It's Carla at theintuitiverider.com. So just email that to me and then we can start our conversations. That's great. And, and I will put links to your website um, in the show notes. So if you're wherever you're listening to this, you can go to my website and look for this episode. Um, but maybe you can tell people what your website is, um, just so we yeah. can hear it too. Yeah, it's uh, www.theintuitiverider.com. So it's very great. straightforward, just theintuitiverider.com. Yeah. And it's a beautiful website. It's super easy to find stuff on your website. Well done. Oh, nice. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's really uh, easy always to a find that progress, quiz. isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> but well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and to everybody listening here. Like I said, I, I just feel like I'm beaming just sitting here talking to you about all the joy <laughs> and I can't wait to go ride my horses. So, um, well done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And if, if that's the effect that I have, that's great. <laughs> and, uh, maybe that's my, my mission. Oh, <laughs> it was beautiful. very enjoyable talking with you, Karen. I really appreciate great. it. All right. Thank you. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.